0: Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast. 10 minutes every day with life with Jesus meets yours. You got your daily Bible reading today from Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. The Pharisees and some experts in the law came from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. They saw some of his disciples eating bread that is unclean, that is, unwashed hands. In fact, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they scrub their hands with a fist holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions they adhere to, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, kettles, and dining couches. The Pharisees and the experts in the law asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? Instead they eat bread with unclean hands. He answered them, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They worship me in vain, teaching human rules as if they were doctrines. You abandon God's commandment, but hold to human traditions like the washing of pitchers and cups, and you do many other such things. He continued, You have a fine way of setting aside God's commandment to keep your own tradition. For example, Moses says, Honor your father and mother, and... Whoever speaks evil of his father or mother must be put to death. But you say, If a man tells his father or mother, Whatever help you might have received from me is korban, which means an offering, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. So you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. You do many things like that. He called the crowd to him again and said, Everyone listen to me and understand. There is nothing outside of a man that can make him unclean by going into him, but the things that come out of a man are what make a man unclean. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. After he had left the crowd and entered a house, his disciples asked him about this illustration. He said, Are you lacking in understanding too? Do you not understand that whatever goes into a man from the outside cannot make him unclean? for it does not enter his heart, but goes into his stomach, and then goes out of him into the latrine. In this way all foods are purified. He continued, What comes out of a man, that is, what makes a man unclean. In fact, from within, out of people's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual sins, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, unrestrained immorality, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and make a person unclean. Jesus got up and went from there to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, but he could not remain hidden. Instead, when a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, she immediately came and fell down at his feet. The woman was a Greek of Syrophoenician origin. She asked him to drive the demon out of her daughter. Jesus said to her, Let the children be fed first because it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to their little dogs. Lord, she answered, their little dogs under the table also eat some of the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, Because of this statement, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. She went home, found the child lying in the bed, and the demon gone. Jesus left the region of Tyre again and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, within the region of the Decapolis. They brought a man to him who was deaf and had a speech impediment. They pleaded with Jesus to place his hand on him. Jesus took him aside in private, away from the crowd. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. After he looked up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means, be opened. Immediately the man's ears were opened, his tongue was set free, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus gave the people strict orders to tell no one, but the more he did so, the more they kept proclaiming it. They were amazed beyond measure and said, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the word of our God. At the end of last chapter, we saw Jesus get back to that place over by the Gennesaret or the Gerasenes where he had healed the man possessed by the legion of demons. And this time when he gets back there, the people just flock to him and they bring everyone to him and they sit and listen to him and they wait to be healed by him. And that leads us into today's chapter, uh, chapter 7 here where we've got this contrast, and this contrast is only going to get more and more um, intense, more and more complete as the book of Mark continues. The contrast is that those who should have received Jesus, those who, who should have welcomed him, are the ones who are rejecting him, and those that we would not have expected to receive him are those who welcome him. At the beginning of this chapter, the Pharisees and some experts in the law, they come and they... um they start this discussion with Jesus about the disciples not scrubbing their hands, um, wash their hands with a fist or scrub their hand up to the wrist. And what he's really saying there, what they're really saying is this ceremonial washing, Um, not even just, you know, the scrubbing your hands before before supper, like your mom would go, go say, go scrub your fingernails before supper, or whatever the case may be. This is a a rite a a ritual that they thought demonstrated some spiritual value or communicated some spiritual benefit and Jesus really, he takes most of this chapter to explain that that's not the case, that it is not the things that are outside of us that make us unclean, because it's not a matter of ceremonial cleanness or uncleanness. The whole point of that system of what is clean or unclean, the whole point of the ceremonial cleanliness, is to communicate the deeper truth of spiritual guilt, the fact that a person who is you know, like you or I, we cannot keep ourselves clean, ceremonially clean for even a day, much less, much less a lifetime, and when we have become unclean we need somebody or someone outside of us. Usually with the shedding of blood, as in a bloody sacrifice, we need somebody outside of us to be the one to make us clean. That's the whole point that God had with that that system of clean and unclean, that uh, system of ceremonial cleanliness. We saw that vividly portrayed in the woman with the issue of blood. Here she was, she um, she couldn't find any help from the doctors and anybody that she touched became unclean, except when it came to Jesus. Jesus, when she came into contact with him, Jesus was the one who made her clean. A vivid portrayal of God's um, God's grace that he is communicating to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so in this section, there's actually one other thing to really highlight here is when we talk about the word baptism, um, the word baptism comes from a Greek word, uh, baptizo, is the, is the verb to baptize, and baptismus is the noun, a baptism, a washing. And um, you notice pretty pretty consistently in this section that they just translate it washing, and I think they, they added a footnote down the bottom that this is often translated baptism by some or in some contexts. And that is helpful for us to understand that that Greek word baptism or baptizo, to baptize um, just means to put water on something. It doesn't mean, as some in Christianity still assert, without any textual evidence, it does not mean to dunk completely under the water. Um, you think of it this way: you know, if you're you're at your house, and how do you baptize a cup? Maybe you put it in the dishwasher, maybe you wash it in the sink, you dunk it in the water, or you run it under the water. How do you baptize your hands? That is to say, uh, you put them under the, the stream of water, or maybe you dunk them into the sink. But if um, some grape juice gets spilled on your couch, you're not going to take the couch down to the river where you can dunk it under the water. Or you're not going to bring the hose over and, um, and spray it on the couch. You are going to take a cloth and dab that spot and clean it up and, and kind of go on from there. Which demonstrates for us that this Greek word baptism and baptizo um, really just means to put water on something. That comes into play when we get to our discussion of baptism later on eventually, Um, that baptism is putting water on something in connection with the Word of God, and when we do that, then God promises His special blessing of the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Anyway, um, in this section talking, we notice a couple characteristics of Mark. First of all, this is the only other place that I can think of offhand, at least, where he quotes from the Old Testament and again from the prophet Isaiah. Um, And this quotation from the prophet Isaiah, uh, footnote letter E from Isaiah chapter 29, that these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And they worship me in vain, teaching human rules as if as if they were doctrines. Jesus is rejected by those who should have received him. Jesus is rejected by those who had been instructed, and yet they reject him. And by contrast, the ones who should have rejected him, the ones that he did not initially come for during the, the time of his visible ministry. He wasn't there during his visible ministry to to specifically minister to the, the Gentiles, that is the non-Jews. But this woman, uh, the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter is possessed by a demon, she is one who receives Jesus. She is one who calls out to him, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. I think that specific quote is from the book of Matthew, when Matthew recounts for us uh, this episode. Um, but we've got this interesting dialogue back and forth where Jesus says, it's not, you know, at first this woman is just coming after them and calling after them to the point where the disciples are embarrassed, embarrassed. Lord, send her away. Um, do you hear her? She's kind of embarrassing to us, to us. And Jesus says, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Um, partly a play on words there because the Jewish people referred to the Gentiles as dogs. Um, there's a certain sense of racial superiority or ethnic superiority there, which, um, Jesus actually addresses here in kind of a backwards kind of a way, because then this woman comes and kneels before him, Lord, I, I need your help, (laughs) help me. And, um, and she answers, Even the little dogs under the table get to eat the crumbs that fall down. In other words, all I need is a crumb of grace. I don't need all of your time, all of your attention. All I need is just a crumb of your grace, and that is enough for me. And Jesus said, because of this statement, go. The demon has gone out of your daughter. The Pharisees and teachers of the law who should have known better, they rejected Jesus precisely because of his grace. They wanted to work their own way to heaven on the basis of their own rules and ideas. And this woman who knew very little about Jesus, who was not instructed in the Old Testament the way that all the Jewish people were, or at least were supposed to be, this woman cries out and says, Lord, I need you. There's nobody else that can do it. And I don't need all of your attention, all of your time. Just give me, you know, a crumb. (laughs) That's all. That's all. Because if you have God's grace in even the smallest amount, you have all of his blessings but he has been so gracious to us that he's given us far more, not just a crumb of his grace, but his body and blood together with the bread and the wine in the Lord's Supper. He has given us his grace, not just a crumb for, you know, a day or a week or a month of our lives, but the forgiveness of sins full and free and clear so that you can know that heaven awaits you after Jesus takes you out of this world, not just a crumb but the full attention of our God, whose ears are always open to your prayers, whose heart is always ready to listen and to act on your behalf. And so as you go about your day, just take a moment to thank our Lord for his grace, that is, his undeserved love for sinners like you and me, his grace that says, dear friend, your sin is forgiven, because all we needed was a crumb, yet he's given us so much more. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Be sure to tune in this Saturday. Saturday is usually a doubleheader. We've got uh, the Thirsty podcast episodes with Pastor Zarling and Pastor Leighton, as well as an ongoing Saturday series. That's going to be, our current series is dealing with the topic of depression. That's going to be wrapping up with an interview uh, coming up next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, uh, but the following Saturday, that first Saturday in February. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless your day.